Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, The Coach, The Counselor, and The Spiritual Director. We're glad to have you back, and I'm so delighted to be back with Marcos and Trisha. Marcos serves as our spiritual director, Trisha's a counselor. Those, both of those, those two wear a lot of hats. Those are two of them that they wear. So welcome back, Trisha. How are you this morning? Yeah, doing really well. It's uh, it's good to be with you again today. Good, thank you. Mar- Marcos, how about you? I'm glad to be here this morning. Thank you. Good. Great. Well, we will continue our podcast on the family of origin. We started that um, on our last podcast, and we were really aware that it's a yeah, it's a topic that um, a lot of people aren't familiar with. We do a lot of uh, first formation work in 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 uh, faith walking, so I think we're all familiar with that part of our our lives. Um, family of origin is just a little more specific in terms of that. So let me let me just start, and I'm going to ask both these to both Trisha and Marcos to to weigh in on this. Um, but let me just start by saying, family of origin that is. The, the family a person is born and raised in. So we we acknowledge that there is a lot of different uh, ways that families look today. And, um, and so that's a little more complicated. It sounds like an easy definition, but yeah, um, it's one you can kind of take and figure out what that looks like for you. And we we and, and I think last time Trisha you talked about so so like what does this work look like what is it what are the steps that we take as we do this work? Yeah, it may not be one two three, but there are some some things that we take on when we decide to do this. And first is we just um, look at our families. We step outside the families and look at them. You know, not not from the inside and not from a far distance but just a little bit of distance so that we can get curious and notice what our families actually like. Not what did we think they were like when we were kids or not who we think they are in the middle of Thanksgiving, but you know, what do they actually do? And so we observe and we watch and we look for facts and not just the stories that we're telling about our family. So that's one thing we do. And we do that without anybody even knowing. Right. We don't go in and say, I'm here to observe our family. We just go in kind of like we were a journalist or an anthropologist and we go in and we watch. And then we start to we widen the angle a little bit and we start to look at how do I show up in my family? So not just what are all those people doing, but where am I in this and how do I show up? And when they do this, what do I do? And when I do that, what do they do? And so forth. And then Um, Once we've really done a good job with that, we might want to go back into our family and try being different, try doing something else than what we're kind of um, emotionally programmed to do. And, And again, we don't announce it. We just do it. And then we cycle back to being curious. So what happens when I do that? And what might happen if I didn't do this other thing? And that's over time again and again and again, that's the work. Great. Thank you. Thanks. And so you probably got this as she was describing it, but I think it's important to say this is what is it not? So it's not (laughs) fixing our family. Um, 
I think I went back sometimes thinking, I got this. I'm going to help you guys to get here too. Um, or it's not, it's not figuring out, it's not blaming our family. My life isn't working. And so these are all the things that you did wrong. And so, so that's, that's what it's not. So Marcos, you talked a little bit last time about, um, we talked about it. Sometimes we get stopped because we don't, we're, we're hesitant to, um, dishonor or disrespect our parents. And you said something really that I thought was really profound last time about honoring the truth. Do you want to talk about that for a yeah, second? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and yeah, exactly that, Don. So uh, some of us resist, right? That that relationship is so fun, fundamental in our lives, either in the positive or the negative way, right? I don't want to talk about them. Or, oh my gosh, my parents were good. And you know, how in the world? What I'm going to say? And especially for those who, who come from a uh, background with, with faith or Christianity or or, or you know, don't don't dishonor your parents. I mean, oh my gosh, I don't want to sin. You know, honor your parents. So it's really hard sometimes to kind of move that little barrier. Sometimes to 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 seek the truth. So what is the impact of my parent being my my dad being my dad? You know, I don't want to. Uh, I always say it is it is that little narrow path, right? That when I don't seek to justify my dad, you know, oh my gosh, well he had too many problems and the facts he did, but I don't lean and fall into the justification and I don't blame either. Oh my dad, I'm, he's, you know, the, the, he's, he's uh, responsible for all this stuff. So what I do is the narrow path of, of, of the facts of curiosity. What's what happened? What was, what, what was the truth? And, and I, for people who deal with, especially this, oh my gosh, but truth it says that I have to honor my parents. You don't dishonor them. When you honor the truth, you actually only can honor them when you honor them in truth. And don't be afraid of the truth. You know, Jesus is truth. <laughs> so you're safe that. And that truth might be a little bit painful, yes, but you will find a lot of wholeness as you seek truth. So, yeah, good, good. I came across something uh, that just talking about, so, so some of us have a hard time, um, telling the truth, like honoring the truth, what you talked about, Marcos. I've also heard, and I think I have felt at times like, um, the, the, you know, you'll hear the phrase, they did their best. And that sort of feels like you're letting them off the hook. And, and this quote said, you know, just because they, they can do their best, it doesn't mean that they couldn't have done better. And so it sort of is like, yeah, we're, we're, we really are trying to do our best. And, and maybe there is a gap there and that's okay. And that can be true too. I would say there absolutely is a gap because we're all human. Mm-hmm. Because they, they got gaps from their parents who got gaps from their parents and so forth. So, yeah. And just to add, you know, this, this dichotomy, this, this polarized right or wrong, are you only right or are you also wrong? <laughs> Ouch, you know, this dialectical understanding that, you know, things are that they were good things and they were not so good things. And and we live and we are in, in the middle of that reality. So yeah. 
So, Trisha, you talked last time, and you can just talk about this a little bit of how we show up in what we call in faith walking undifferentiated ways. So if we're differentiated, we're able to be defined and connected. If we're undifferentiated, then, and again, I'm talking a little bit black and white. I don't mean to, but on a scale, our ability to be (laughs) defined and connected. Um, We do three things um, in a way that that would be more undifferentiated. We either, we rebel, we conform, and we distance. So you want to talk about those? Here. Yeah, at least three things, right? I mean, because right, let's yeah. just acknowledge none of us are <laughs> are differentiated. We're all somewhere on that um, on that scale. But yeah, we we often will either try to fit in and conform and be who everyone wants us to be and meet all the expectations. Um, uh, we we deny ourselves and our own feelings and what we want in order to please the people in our families. Sometimes we're also undifferentiated at the other end. We show up um, rebellious. We do the opposite of what everyone wants us to do. We're, you know, just immediately prickly and there's not a chance that we're going to try to meet expectations. In fact, we're more likely to want to blow things up. And then we can also just distance to say, and this is so common, we do it both um, literally and emotionally, but we say, I just need to get out of here, right? Like I could be my true self if I could just get away from these people. You know, if I wasn't so tied to these people, then I would be free, you know? And so maybe we get married to get out of the house or we join the Marines or, you know, or we stop going home for Thanksgiving or all the different things. But based on that idea that, you know, I could really be a better version of myself if I could just get away from all of them. Yeah, good. Good. So, so I think that covers what kind of just a, a review on what we talked about. Hopefully that maybe filled in some, some space for some people. So there's one more thing I think that's important to talk about is... Um, so in faith walking, we talk about first formation and that's really important. We, you know, we, we talk about that. We sometimes, yeah, sort sort of in our own minds and our experiences go back there. Um, so why, why the more specific family of origin work? And, um, and I want you both to, to, to comment on this, um, that, that, that we learn to be that way with, with these people, that as our brains were forming, as we were learning about the world, as we were learning about ourselves, we were formed. And so it happened in the context of these really important relationships, our parents, our siblings. And so what what we want to do is we want to also um, then reflect on that. And to some degree, we, we go back there. And as, as we do that, we also, you know, as we, the, the three things that, that Trisha was talking about, um, we kind of see, do I tend to rebel? Do I tend to conform? Do I tend to distance? And then as we do that, as we, as we notice those things, as we notice, man, I'm everything my mom says, I'm just saying the opposite just to get under her skin or I'm, um, yeah, I noticed that I'm there for 10 minutes and then emotionally I'm checked out and I'm not really engaging and I don't really care. Um, and so as we take on, as we actually begin to take on 
and, and not do those things, it's almost as though we get that part back of, we get that part back of, of ourselves. We, and, and it's a slow, it's a slow process. We don't go back and just get it all back in one visit, but over time we start to define ourselves and stay connected in that. And I, I kind of think of it as like, we're growing up, we, we sort of lose those parts. And then, and, and so there's just some little pieces missing from us, you know, just metaphorically. And then we start to get those back. And, and then the third part of it is that when we are more whole in, when we can become more whole in that family of origin, we can um, be ourselves when we can be defined and connected there, that helps us. And that translates into our most important relationships, whether it's our, whether it's a marriage partnership with our kids, with our coworkers. Um, yeah. And, and then we're just, we're just more whole everywhere else. So what would each of you say about that? Marcos, how about you? Yeah, I love uh, Don your um, your words, your analogy of you know I, I lose something. <laughs> Here I am living my life trying to get that something, look for that something in in this other relationship. But you know that something was lost in that other relationship and my my family of origin. And I'm looking it everywhere. I went to China looking for it, and and I couldn't find it. Right. And, and I'm lost because something I know that I know that I know. I don't know how I know it, but I know that something is missing in me. Incomplete. I'm not myself, you know. And uh, it, suddenly I come back home. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh, I have to come back home in a different way as an adult, as a different person. And, and I have to face that, that, that part to, to discover that what I lost uh, can be given back to me. Not necessarily they give it to me, literally, but I, I receive it, I find it. And true self, false self connections, you know. So suddenly I can be at peace. When I can be at peace at home, yeah, I, I'm at peace with the world. I, I'm, I'm peace in China or whenever else I go. I love the analogy. And I believe that it's profoundly real, not only in a psychological way, but in a spiritual way. You know, that there is a parable even right of, of, a, of a prodigal who has to come back home to we, we don't know i don't want to stretch that analogy but uh, i love uh, the importance the, the wholeness of of, uh, of the value of this world you, you say why we do it because we want to be whole we want to be ourselves and what i mean ourselves not not a selfish false self <laughs> ourself more the true self the person that uh, that i'm designed to be beautiful yeah i love that we well one thing we get back when we do this work is we get back more choices we're no longer just on autopilot we're no longer just acting in the ways that we were emotionally programmed to act um but we get back more choices we can we can maybe both step back or step toward you know, we can talk or be quiet. We can um, conform and, you know, do something different. We just get back our choices, which, like you said, so well helps us to be whole. Yeah. 
And I was thinking of a, a like just for me, what what that looked like, and if you guys can think of a maybe a story too that that helps to illustrate this. Um, I think for me, I learned. Um, yeah, I was sort of my mom's confidant. I I helped her through parts of yeah her life that were really difficult. I mean, my dad was an alcoholic, and 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 life was hard. She had five kids. She was really left with the majority of raising them. And I learned to just, I was very in tune to her and to, to caring for her at times at the expense of myself. And yeah, and I, I didn't just stop doing that when I left home at 18. I kept doing that, um, particularly in my marriage. Just my husband would come home from a rough day and I would just be so in tune to how his day was. If he had a good day, I'd, I'd be good. If he had a bad day, I'd be bad. Felt almost felt responsible for for how he, how he was and oftentimes to the uh, detriment of just my own, like my own wellness, my own um, ability to uh, just regulate myself, knowing that this was his, I, I, I want to be there for him. I want to help him, but I don't have to take it all on. I don't have to be down if he's down. I don't have to be anxious if he's anxious. And so as I, realized I was doing this with my mom, I, I, I had to stop doing, you know, I worked to stop doing it with my mom and I even had conversations with her. And there were times that, you know, I said, mom, I, you know, I had felt like that. She's like, Dawn, I know you feel that way. And, and, and you don't have to, you don't have to, I can take care of myself. Now we don't always get to have that conversation and we don't always get our parents we don't always have parents. We don't all have parents who are able to say that. So that was a real gift that my mom gave me. I still felt it internally when I was with her and I still feel it to this day inside of me, but I can catch myself and remind myself she's got this. She can take care of it. Sometimes I do need to step in and help her with things, but like Trisha said, it's more of a choice. It's not just my automatic step in do this, take care of this, but think, is this something that she can do for herself? And might it be more empowering if she just does it for herself instead of me doing it? Um, and so as I did that with her, then I think my, what we call in faith walking, over-functioning, um, both emotionally and task-wise, I was able to stop doing that with my husband and my kids too, which was a, you know, what, what I see now is an incredible act of love that I would not have been able to do because I just thought that's what you do in relationships. Like other people are upset, then you take care of them. You step in. And so that's, I think, how the, the work looks when you do it. You go back home, you do it, and then it kind of shows up in your, your, your current relationships. I wonder if, if you two have a story about, a story like that about, that that kind of work. Trisha, you want to, you have something? Yeah, I think um, that mine's probably a pretty classic story in the sense that I'm the oldest. I was the first grandchild on all sides. I had three sets of grandparents and I was the first grandchild in all three. And, you know, just part of that initial triangle between, you know, my mother, my father, and then me. And then I remained an only child for a while. And uh, my family 
was full of a lot of love. My parents were pretty emotionally healthy, um, but I got brought up into that um, parental, you know, it was three of us together. And I'm not sure that I completely understood that I was the child, right? I mean, it was, <laughs> so, um, you know, my parents listened to me and respected me a lot. And I got to say what I wanted to say. And all that was really great. But then as siblings were added later, um, first through adoption and um, then through um, birth, um, you know, I really had to learn that I was not the center of the universe. And I left home still, I think, still thinking that I was the center of the universe, that my opinion was the most important opinion, that I needed to direct everything that was happening because I knew the right way to do things and the good way to do things. And I mean, I've demonstrated a little bit of that just this morning on this podcast that, you know, the, the feeling that I'm kind of the director of the movie or uh, my siblings and I have joked about that I play the cruise director in our family. And then I married a youngest and that's, that kind of behavior wasn't going to work because it wasn't going to make any room for him in our relationship. You know, I was always going to be the adult and he was always going to have to play the child. And so um, learning to go back in with my siblings and not solve all the problems or tell everyone what to do or make all the plans and being very deliberate about that was one of the ways that I started trying to be one of several instead of, you know, the oldest. Yeah, and Craig has that's a great story. That, I think <laughs> there's a lot more space for him now in our marriage. Yeah, good. That's great. How about you, Marcos? Yeah, geez. Oh my gosh, my stories i mean story of my life i come from a family with uh, a lot of fusion that's the term that we use right in, in fit walking family of origin even work to everything was merged and mixed and there was no good differentiation lots of love finances were fused it was it was and uh, um uh, it, it was not only my family but also me my own fear but i was expected to be the the one who will take care of the business uh, of the family, right? It was a big family business. And it was successful. It gave us our identity. It contributed a lot of the fusion. So I grew up with this uh, fusion to my family. I could not leave home. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And it was not that I didn't want to work. I went to, to, to college in Spain and I did. I married somebody from Finland, Okay. But to do what? To come back home, to be merged. And I try to put my marriage into my family. You know, don't, don't try to do that. It doesn't work really well. Obviously, it didn't for me. But I always have carried this, this sense that I, have, I was responsible uh, of uh, what, what's going on with the family. You know, my, there was some crisis and stuff. When I got, as an adult, this parental role because you know if you're managing the, the business if you have to make some decisions that look very important and it looks like you're the parent and I, I i adopted because i had all of this and, and that was a wreck you know a wreck completely because it was my false self i was lost it was not me i never wanted to do that business i, I can tell that i was able to say that when i was 30 years old i went to college and I spent lots of time and effort to conform into that place, in, in, in our example. And, and I start having problems, 
you know, alcohol and, and marriage broke and what's going on? What's going on? My destiny. <laughs> anyway, in, in, in a point, a beautiful space of, 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 I have to go not to China. I came to the States and, and uh, some things start happening in me. And there was this, I won't go into detail, but this call of differentiate, you know, and, and I remember, I finished with this, this specific part. I remember that for a couple of years in the States, I could not Leave this sense of guilt that I had, that I was betraying my dad. I was the partner in the business, right? And, and I left my, my dad. I found that I was doing that. And it was one time when my dad came for a wedding for my brother uh, when I was able to. It was not a conversation scripted. Okay, these are three questions to solve our problems. You know, my counselor gave me this template. Not at all. We just walk a whole day in Chicago as tourists. And I ask questions about him. Tell me, tell me when you were young. I was not looking anything. I didn't know then that I was doing family of origin work. And I hear the story of my dad. And that connected me with him, allowed me to hold that beautiful reality of, of, of also kind of discovering who I am. Something happened after that conversation, which I was able to tell him. And that's one of the best moments uh, with him. You know, uh, I'm, I'm choosing something different. I'm choosing to stay here. I feel that I start living <laughs> my own life mm -hmm. after 30 years old. And thanks God, it has been full <laughs> in the last 20 years. But the first three years were completely dependent on on my family and, and because I love them. Now we have a better, better relationship and I still love them, <laughs> but I'm living my life and they are living theirs. So. Yeah, that's great. Good story. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I sometimes think, and I certainly don't want my kids to think of me this way, but I, I think for a long time I saw my parents in sort of this one dimensional way. Like, yeah, they weren't ever babies. They weren't ever kids or or teenagers or or you know young a young married couple. I just yeah, you just lock them into that and that process. What you're talking about, Marcos, that's one of the things that that people are encouraged to do in family of origin work is to is to learn about um, their particularly their parents. Like, what was life for you? Like, they they really are three dimensional people. They did live before we were there. We find out more about our grandparents when we do that. And it just, yeah, it adds so much um, color, I think, to how we see them. Good. Well, uh, those are great stories. And I, I hope we can continue with just more, you know, more thoughts about family of origin work, as well as uh, more stories and even get into what it might look like as a spiritual director as you lead someone through family of origin work. Trisha, what it looks like for you as a counselor, as you help people. And for me, as I, as I coach people, because it seems like no matter what someone comes in with, we family of origin comes up, you know, it just, we, we end up to some degree in some way going back there. Trisha, anything you'd want to say before we end here? Well, just uh, um, the, the importance of what you just said, that getting to know our parents as people and not just our parents, but if we can, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, our siblings, um, 
and to get to know them, not just in their role in their relationship to us, but to get to know them, like you said, as individuals separate from us. Um, in my family, uh, I was really encouraged. It was the expectation that kids would separate from the family. And that was such a gift, right? It was, um, we, we were launched into the world. Or I, I, I was launched into the world really well. Um, but it took me a while then to look back at the nest, you know, and say exactly what you just said. My parents are actual people. They're not just, they don't just have the role they have in my life. And I still forget that. You know, I still forget to ask the questions about who they are and what they do. And um, not long ago, my mom really defined herself and she said, I'd really like to show you around my garden. Well, I knew my mom was a gardener. It had never occurred to me because I just don't have that much interest in gardening (laughs) because I'm the center of the universe, remember? It had never occurred to me to want to say, I would like for you to show me what you're doing in the garden. And I mean, that was just like two years ago. That's, you know, so that's how strong those patterns are. But I think, yes, getting to know, I, I love that story about the walk around Chicago, Marcos where you're just talking to your dad. I mean, that's such a gift. So if someone's wondering where could I start, that would be a great place to start. In Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that too, yeah. <laughs> Wait, not not this time of the year. Oh, well, that's time, true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, what, what I will say, Don, is, uh, and, and Tricia, is notice what happened. You know, in this conversation, in those few minutes that we have been together, we we offer humbly our stories, right? Learn to love the stories. Learn to be curious about the stories. There might be a lot of uh, principles and therapy and spiritual aspects that we can point out and talk for hours. But everything starts in learning to love that story. Uh, This is the the short analogy. You know, sometimes I, I hear the story, but I'm trying to gather the water. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they, they throw water at me because the story is like somebody's splashing at you, right? They, they throw something and they say, but I'm trying to gather the water. I, maybe I will have cups and get all the water together because I want not, I don't want to lose any single drop because all this is important. Or maybe I'm talking about my over-control kind of <laughs> temperament. But, but the truth is, just let yourself be splashed mm-hmm. by the story. Right? Don't worry that some of those things are going to go to the ground and you're going to lose it. The point is you get wet. That's it. The point is let yourself to be splashed or wet by the story. And some things will start making sense out of that. And I couldn't explain that work then. Uh, I don't know if I can explain it completely now, but I know that something happened and, mm-hmm. and it was a gift. So. I love that so much, especially as an oldest who wants to direct everything, to just just let myself be splashed. I don't have to control it or gather it or put, yeah, I can just um, receive it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Love that. Yeah, thanks, Marcos, for that. Good. Well, I will look forward to our next time together. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much, Dan. It was great. <laughs>